I believe I'm turned on. If I'm not, I did something wrong. Let's start with a word of prayer as we close out those songs of worship and move to the Word of God. Thank you, Father, for loving us, for the immense price you paid that we might become your children. Thank you for delivering that message, for calling us to you, for doing the work in us that would make us your children, for then teaching us that you have chosen us before the foundation of the earth. What a remarkable thing that you love us. For we cannot find one reason why you would love us and let you, yet, yet you do. You're with us always. You work in our life constantly to give us strength in hard things, to give us strength to deliver your word and even the words to say, to work in us that we might walk a walk that would cause others to wonder what makes us different, that we might even give to them the opportunity to know you as Savior. So today, Lord, as we approach Thanksgiving, let us look at ways we can thank you. Help us to do that in a way that would bring great glory to you, that we might most of all be thankful for all you've provided for us. First through Christ, your Son. And we'll praise you in his name. Amen. This morning, as I thought about several scriptures, which you've heard read already, Psalm 100 and uh, Romans 35 through 39, thought about thanksgiving came partly because of that statement in his, in his word, enters gates in verse, in chapter 4 of 100, enters gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. And then it goes on and says some more, which we'll get into. There's a thought that's presented in God's word that if he would embrace and if we would embrace and grow in it, it would change our whole perspective of life. Colossians 3 reminds us that since we then have been risen with Christ, we should seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection or your mind that creates your feeling on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. The more you study that verse, the more remarkable it comes. Since then, you have been risen with Christ. It impresses on us the importance of a relationship with God that is growing. In these simple but mind-blowing years, verses is a truth about our relationship with God. It is he who loves us with everlasting, unending love, not we who grasp onto him, but he who never lets go of his children. Sorry, I wrote this and didn't think about how it would affect me. So uh, that's why I'm reading it, because I probably wouldn't say it the same way. Never releases his grip, never leaves our side. Today, as we study God's word, it is my prayer that we will leave with an enlarged thought of, of the one, of our fellowship, the joy of our fellowship with God, 
with Christ, God the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. This this very thought must cause us to raise our voices, to proclaim our thanks to God for his love. For us, whom he saved, out of our sin, I now have an amazing fellowship with the one true God. That's my hope that as we study, you'll recognize today's really Thanksgiving part one. Today's the foundation for what I'll say next week. And so hopefully some of you will be able to be here next week. I think I've got to have an emptier church than I have this week. But that's okay. Some of you will hear part two and some of you can listen to it if you choose to do so. But I was reminded in 1 John, and I'll just go back and read this. I don't think I have it written down anywhere. But John makes a comment when he talks about it. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. He's talking about the apostles, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim you to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. And our joy is all-encompassing, all of us as we can fellowship together to make our joy complete that we would know him. So my first question is, to whom are we giving thanks? As we studied and read Psalm, as we read Psalm 1 and now as we study it, he gives us an idea of who it is we're worshiping. He starts out by saying, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the joy with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. And then he says, know, know that the Lord is God. I find that interesting because the Lord is God as Jehovah, the one eternal self-existent one is the God, the true God, the, the Godhead of the Father, Son, and Spirit. The Lord is that God. It is he who made us. Did you ever ponder that and really think about that? It is he who made us who you are. He created you. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. He's he's the developer. He's the creator, and we really can't say anything about what he created. I mean, you can, but you have to remember, he created you, and he's working in you, and he wants you to know that his ownership is his. And he wants you to get that in your head. He made us. We're not our own. We are his. He created us. We are his people. The sheep of his pasture. Sheep kind of brings around a whole thought too, doesn't it? The sheep of his pasture. We have sheep across the street. I've learned a lot about sheep, seeing them across the street, seeing how they operate. They operate as herds. If you can get one to go one way, probably 95% of them will follow them. There'll be a few 
oddballs who think they can escape. But most of the time, they fall along. But when they get out, they get out the same way. If one sheep finds a hole, then pretty soon 50 of them have found it. And then the pasture's empty, and they're in your lawn or somebody else's. I also find out that there is one person they listen to better than anyone else. I can scare them to go some way. Tony can go over, and they follow him around. They wait for him. They know him. And they respond to him. I think when he talks about us being sheep, Tony takes care of them. He even brings hay in because he doesn't have enough grass to feed them. So that they get fed regularly and fed well. He takes some extra stuff out so they get that. He takes care of them. He makes sure they're safe. If a fox is after him, he shoots it so that he doesn't have to worry about that fox anymore. And neither they nor the chickens will get killed by him. He's the one who's caring for them. So put yourself in that pasture. And the one who takes care of you is the Lord God. The one who's always existed, who created you. He's the one who cares for you. To make sure that your needs are taken care of, not just here on this earth, but forever. If you're his children. That is such a mind-blowing thought. When you get in perspective who you are worshiping. And that's when he says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So our, our response to that is to give thanks, to worship him, to come before him. You come here. They would have gone to the temple as a whole crowd and worshiped him. I'd like to see that big of a crowd in here, but I don't think we can get them all in here. We'd have to open the back of the church up so everybody could see what was going on. They had a huge crowd who worshipped him. When we come in, and, and one of my greatest delights is to, is, <laughs> I just saw my name up there and it just kind of took my mind off what I was saying for a second. I kind of wish it wasn't there. But since it is, um, I'll try and keep from noticing it anymore. Uh, the bottom line is, as we worship, as you came... Uh, as you started singing the worship songs, it gets to me. Not only do the words choke me up, but I watch you singing and, and lifting your hearts to God. And I hear that. And I think, what will it be like when I enter the gates of heaven and we sing all together? What kind of an incredible choir will that be? And that's what he wants. He wants us to come. He wants us to enter his courts with praise, to give thanks to God and praise his name. For what? And he goes on and says, For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. I did a study on his love endures forever because I just wanted to see about how many times it comes up, and I couldn't find them all because it comes up in different ways in different places. But I did find out that uh, more than 50 times that phrase is used in the Old Testament. More than 50 times. And uh, I think the first occurrence I find of it is in First Chronicles. And then it keeps occurring. And in the Psalms it occurs a lot of those times. But he zeroes in on this thought, for the Lord is good. 
His love endures forever. And a last thought at the end, his faithfulness continues through all generations. So what does that mean? The Lord is good. I watched a movie once called God is Dead, and in it this pastor and his buddy would say a statement to each other almost every time they got together. One of them would say, God is good all the time. And the other one would respond, all the time, God is good. Let that sink in. God doesn't change no matter what's happening. God doesn't change from being good. All the time, even though life doesn't feel like it, all the time God is good. That is who he is. God is good all the time. It's a reminder that we need to have to focus on, to grab hold of. We need those things because life doesn't always go the way they, we want them to go. So in here he says, he goes on with that and says the Lord is good. His love endures forever. Here's one of the ways he's so good. His love endures forever. So if he loves you, how long does he love you? Forever. It doesn't change. When you become his child, he has taken you in forever. His love endures the whole time. I'm not always the best one of his children. Jesus was his best. Jesus was the best. I can't achieve that. But he's brought me into his family and he loves me forever. I've often related to my dad things like this. I, my dad was, was pretty good at loving me and I enjoyed my time with him. But the greatest time I ever had with him because we don't always get along. I mean, do you, do you always get along with your family? I mean, everybody in your family you're just perfectly in line, tune with, right? It doesn't happen. My dad weren't always getting along, but I was off to college and he said, I was coming home and he said, what do you want to do while you're home? And I said, well, I really don't want to do farming. I love to farm, but I didn't want to do it. He says, what do you want to do? I says, when I come home, I want to take a walk with you. He said, fine. So out we went and as we walked, I asked him if I could take his hand. I was 23 years old. Put my hand in my dad's hand and it still felt big bigger than mine and we walked and we talked and that was very precious to me and it reminded me of what God is like to me in Isaiah he says he holds us up by our right hand and he holds us with his right hand he's always caring for me I'm, I'm the toddle toddler that still struggling with everything that he's teaching me. He's the God who always makes sure I can get back up and walk with him. He loves me forever. And that's his, his whole point. Even with the, the group, even with the Israelites, his love endured forever. He kept coming back and working with them even when they ran from him. And he does the same with us. 
His faithfulness is through all generations. It is who he is. He is faithful. And when you think of God and think of praising him, he is faithful no matter what's going on in your life. He doesn't take a break from walking with you. You know, we've been walking a lot of miles. I'm going to take a rest. You go on ahead of me. He's always there. Most of the times, he's there before you get there because he knows what's coming. He plans things out. His faithfulness is through all generations. When you take that and you read that psalm, it's hard for me to imagine not praising the Lord. It just kind of draws you to it. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Many times in the scripture it uses a word for joy that literally means great celebration. We think of joy a little differently sometimes. Here at Shout for Joy, you should kind of get the idea. It's an exciting moment. It's a celebration of who he is. Shout for joy. All you people shout for joy. So if I got around, I thought I'd, I'd do this here and see if you guys can do it or not. He says in the psalm, you're not in that, that page, so you won't be able to do it from the psalm, but it says, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Can you remember that phrase? For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. So he says, shout with joy all the earth. Why? For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Can you do that louder? For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. Uh, that should move you to get excited, to want to praise the Lord. They, of course, were playing music during this. This was a psalm that went to music, and they sang it often. So there would have been some excitement that went along with this psalm. At that point, I started to think, where in the New Testament could I best see this? And I thought, Romans so if you turn to Romans 8, that's where we're going to be. In Romans 8, as was read earlier today, he's, he makes a statement uh, up until here. He's talking about what Christ did. He didn't spare his own son. Uh, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Then he says, who shall separate us from the love of God? There's a love that endures forever, the love of Christ. Shall trouble or hardship, persecution or famine, nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. And he says, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when it comes right down to it, who or what can separate us from the love of God? 
when you get done with that list, there isn't anything. There is no one. There's no power. Nobody who's able, we're studying the book of Galatians and some other preachers came in after they came to know the Lord. They were freed, free to love the Lord and hadn't got all those rules that the Jews had, but some men came in and started to preach that, oh yeah, you can have this salvation in Christ, but you got to do these things too. And Paul went back and said, I must have wasted my time with you. You didn't get it. What you have comes from Jesus Christ. Our relationship with God depends on the work of Jesus Christ because I cannot live a perfect life. For God to see me as righteous, I had to have a Savior who would die for all my sin. All of what he knew would be forever. Christ didn't go dying only for the sins of the world up to that point. He died for the sins of the world throughout time so that you could have your sins paid for and you could wear the righteousness of Christ in place of those old raggedy sinful clothes and you would be the object of his love forever. Can trouble, we go through trouble, don't we? Go through hardships, struggle with life. Sometimes you struggle with your spouse, she struggles with you. That's more than often that she struggles with me. Um, men are, you know, sometimes we don't think before we speak, and then we get in trouble. And then we have to go in and fix it. So I've tried to learn to be a good fixer. I don't always do it really well, but I try. But God paid the price so that in his presence, I could be in his presence because of the righteousness he clothed me in. Because he clean, clean, made me clean. He made me whiter than snow. And that realization no matter what I go through, no matter whether it's sin or I'm persecuted or I have sickness, or it doesn't matter what it is. He holds me. That's why I like to wanted to sing that song, He Will Hold Me Fast. He holds me because He loves me. He never lets go. Nothing can separate me. No, we're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. That's the statement that's made. Uh, we're more than conquerors. Uh, I love that idea. Uh, here we are. We could think about it from a standpoint of, of an actual fight. To be more than conquerors means that we, we successfully win, but without a, us doing anything. The battle's won because Christ won it. I don't have to fight that battle anymore. As I strive to live for him, I recognize and can return to him and constantly in his presence realize his love for me and then can respond in love for him. I'm convinced, he says, over time, in life, over teaching, through the scriptures, as you apply the word, your life, he is convinced of the love of God. He's persuaded nothing, not even death, 
can be victorious over you. Nothing can separate us from God. Not our living, not angels, not demons. Uh, You have to think about that for a second. What could an angel do? You have a few occasions in the scripture where they talk about what they do. Remember the one angel in Egypt, when they were trying to leave Egypt, what did that angel do? Killed every firstborn animal and human, except those that were covered by the blood. Every firstborn. Imagine an angel able to pass over and take the life of every firstborn in a country. That's wild to even think about. How about Sodom and Gomorrah? An angel wiped them out. And you can go on and on. There are lots of occasions where angels did something. There was a group of angels around the city of Dothan where I think it was Elijah was at. And uh, his servant couldn't see him and he asked the Lord to give him that vision that he could see. That they who were for him were greater than those who were against them. That's You think about those things and how God used the angels, but not angels and not even fallen angels, demons, can separate you from the love of God. Not present, nor the future, nor any powers, not height or depth, not anything else in all creation. Nothing can separate you or me or anybody from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we come to know him, that relationship is permanent. I walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. Our life then is a response to that. In 1 John 1, 1 through 4, which is where I read earlier, John reminds us that Who he declares to us, they saw, touched, handled, and looked upon. And they testified to the life of Christ through a relationship with Christ. They they knew Christ because they built a relationship with Christ. Christ worked to build a relationship with them, fellowship with them, to give them an understanding of what they had this relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Their fellowship is with God, the Father. Now our Father, if we know him through Christ, and his son, Jesus Christ, now our brother, and the Holy Spirit now lives in us. They write about him that we might enjoy the same fellowship with them, and by doing this to make our joy complete. That is one of the coolest statements I think I I enjoy in scriptures. John wrote all of that to get us to understand that we weren't brought to God just simply to worship him as slaves. We were brought to God to have a relationship with him, to enjoy him, 
to bring glory to him. We were brought to God to recognize that he loves us forever. Nothing can separate you. His love endures forever. Love the word endures because it implies that it takes some effort. I have a hard time seeing God have to put effort into much. He's so great. But he loves us. And as I think about that and the number of people who have come to know the Lord over the centuries, maybe it is a great effort to love us while we're down here. I'm not the easiest person to be around sometimes. I would think it would take an effort to stay with me some days, to walk beside me and see what I'm doing. Some days he's got to be groaning and thinking, what is wrong with this guy? But his love endures forever. How do you respond to that love? When we come to the Lord, we have to recognize that we have to develop our relationship with him. We have to grow to understand who he is. I can't do that by simply surviving in life. I can't do that by coming to one message a week. I need to be in his word. I need to hear what he has to say so that I can walk away and steadfastly say, I have a relationship with the Lord because he paid the whole price that I could never pay. And he did it because he loves me. And now he walks with me because he loves me. We need to grow in our relationship with Christ, our brother, to such a place that he is Lord of our life. We respond in love, willing to live through anything to proclaim by word and deed or action God's love offered to the world. We proclaim that some will believe and we will have fellowship with, with them and our joy will be full. What I want you to get today, if nothing else, the primary thing you can easily come and thank God for is his love for you. Over and over again, in the Old Testament, his love endures forever. In the New Testament, reanimated in things like nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. When you are his child, you are in the best relationship, the best hands possible. It doesn't matter what we're going through. He will never be absent. So as you worship and, and bring thanks this Thanksgiving, praise God for his love for you. That's what our relationship is all about. His love endures forever. Let's have a word of prayer. Gracious Father, to recognize that we have opportunity to come to you and, and thank you and praise you and worship you as we did so far today, the, your, the song sung to you, worshiping you, recognizing your steadfastness in our life. 
Behold our God. He will hold us fast. Thank you, Father, for the scriptures that remind us of your love for us. That your love never fails. Your love endures forever. Nothing can separate us from your love. We are your children, your sons and daughters. Thank you for drawing us into a relationship with you. Help us to praise you with all our hearts. In Christ's name, amen. I don't have my... Forgot my hymnal. Three twenty-four. It is glory just to walk with them whose blood has ransomed me. It is rapture for my soul each day. It is joy divine to fill him near where'er my path may be. Bless the Lord, it's glory all the way. It is glory just to walk with him. It is glory just to walk with Him. He will guide my steps aright through the vale and o'er the height. It is glory just to walk with Him. It is glory when the shadows fell to know that He is near. Oh, what joy to simply trust and pray. It is glory to abide in Him when skies above are clear. Yes, with Him it's glory all the way. It is glory just to walk with Him. It is glory just to walk with Him. He will guide my steps aright through the veil and o'er the height. It is glory just to walk with Him. Twill be glory when I walk with Him on heaven's golden shore, never from His side again to stray. Twill be glory, glory with the Savior evermore, everlasting glory all the way. It is glory just to walk with Him. It is glory just to walk with Him. He will guide my steps aright through the veil and o'er the height. It is glory just to walk with Him. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the constant reminder of your love for us. Help us, Lord, to respond to that, recognizing that your love is so great. You have brought us into your family. You have made us sons and daughters, joint heirs with Christ. Lord, it's so big, it's hard for us to even grasp all that you've done. But we know that your love will never fail. Thank you for always being with us. Help us to go away thanking and praising you for your love for us. 
and we'll thank you because of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You're dismissed.